You're listening to the Imagine Capture Create podcast. What's happening, everybody? Episode 20, Imagine Capture Create podcast, hanging out with Josh Morrow this morning. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, good morning. The big 2-0 today, huh? The big 2-0. Can you believe it? Wow. Yeah, yeah I feel honored. Absolutely. Yeah, we're minus Logan again today. Schedule's, uh, again, a little bit conflicting. Yeah, send um, some love out to the Logan, brother. Logan, we're uh, chilling out again with a cup of True West coffee, and can you believe it's mid 50s going to be almost 60 degrees in Hamilton, Ohio today. Balmy winter. Mhm. Get your sunglasses out. It's yeah, nice. It's awesome. Yeah, so we would uh we were just talking earlier about leaving the gallery doors open just to hear the traffic going up down the street and feel the breeze, but uh, wouldn't play favors no. uh, for the audio, so we got to close it up. So so um you, you and I was talking just before this. You've been kind of chilling over the last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing a little music. Uh, yeah, yeah, we touched on that um, last episode. I was with this little project that's coming together, and, you know, batting around name ideas. I think we're going with like Ionic is yeah. where we're at right now. Uh, so that's cool. Sure, that's sure. Well, the topic for today is music and what our influences are or have been through the years. How did we get, you know, who influenced us? You know, how did that come about? And, you know, through our lifetime, childhood, teenage years, and adulthood, you know, how has it uh, played? you know, a role in our life and, and as us as an artist um, in general. So that's going to be cool to kind of talk about and uh, kind of open up and see where we go. Yeah, how many part series is this? It's, it's, it's a deep We could talk hours, right? I know. Yeah. It. yeah. So uh, maybe that's a whole new podcast we can launch. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, music related. So it's cool. So, um, yeah, for me, just been kind of a, you know, busy week, you know, last week out at Edgewood High School for, you know, senior banners for the fall sports season. So that always kind of keeps me busy with um, not so much the photo session, but the edits and, you know, getting things printed and, and product delivered, et cetera. Footwork. Footwork, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a lot with, um, you know, I podcasted last week. Um, if anybody didn't check that out, episode 19 is how, can, how you can be a better you in 2019. So I kind of had some thoughts there on, you know, what I personally do to kind of, you know, challenge myself, hold myself accountable and, and just push myself to to develop, um, you know, further. Um, what else is going on? Did a little bit of video stuff, just kind of staying busy. Kicked off a daily blog, you know, made a commitment to uh, blog, you know, daily for, you know, 30 days. A lot of people you'll see 30 day photo challenge, 30 day this, 30 day that, yeah, 30 day yeah. diet. Uh-huh. Um, so. Uh, I decided to go ahead and just uh, do a blog every day and, uh, you know, a couple things just to challenge myself Yeah. because um, there's some things that I want to do and I always feel like I don't have a story sometimes. I think we all hit that Mm -hmm. at times and, uh, you know, I thought, well, if I could challenge myself and write it, pen it down, you know, journal it and um, it's all photo kind of related, you know, daily life of a photographer kind of backbone there, so... So yeah, kind of keeping myself uh, busy. Wow, man, and then that's trying inspiring. to nap, nap here and there in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should so. do a podcast on napping. I've been, I've been tightening up on those skills. That's inspiring, man. Uh, to push yourself to do a thirty-day challenge like that, you know, some of them are a little here and there, but that's a good one. Yeah, a good way to reflect on where you're at and and where where you want to go. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. So we'll see what see what happens there. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, worthy mentions. We we usually talk about it. I know I got a couple. Uh, first thing is we had a photo contest for the month of November, and that photo contest was geared around 
um, and in our Instagram or Imagine Capture Create Instagram account and everybody tagging their photos, Imagine Capture Create. And I didn't choose the photo. Any contest we do, I, I stay out of it. I have someone else kind of choose party. the winner, third party. But um, we uh, looked at all the photos that were tagged over the month of December, or I'm sorry, November. And um, Amy Baker, Amy B. Photography, um, her photo was chosen as the winner. And so we're going to update our you know header images on our Facebook group, our Twitter account, um, tweet about it, um, give her a shout out yeah, on Instagram again. And give her a shout out on this podcast. So if you don't follow Amy B. Photography on Instagram, you should. Uh, she does some awesome work. And it's, it's really cool. I, I posted in the group, I think we're almost up to 1,000 photos tagged. You know, again, what is that? Just a, it's just a hashtag. But it's just kind of cool to see, you know, things like that kind of just grow. And, and yeah, 1,000. That's hitting some digits, man. Yeah. yeah. I got one or two in there. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I have to go, like I said, re- re-edit tag it in there because I keep forgetting sure I'm sure. gonna write it on the back of my hand that's cool um so uh that's that's my first my second is well there's it's two actually it's it's about camera straps and I'm the kind of photographer that typically I don't like straps you know it just feels confined you know to have a camera hanging hanging around your neck mm-hmm. and, and you know I'll be honest when I first got in photography it wasn't cool either right yeah so, you gotta uh, look the part you, you know? gotta look the part but, you know, hand-holding your camera is not the smartest thing either. And, you know, I think I do it. A lot of people do it. Um, you know, walk around the streets doing street photography, hand-holding. You know, it doesn't take nothing for me to bump into something, somebody to bump me. Mm. And then uh, I would probably wear a strap or use a strap. Yeah. You uh, don't look cool anymore, do you, right. when your camera's on the ground? <laughs> no. So anyway, this past uh, weekend we went to Festival of Lights down in Cincinnati. And, you know, big crowd going to be walking around for quite a while so you know I got the strap out and I use a strap by Peak Design and I really like it because it's got quick release it's a quick release strap so you can actually put it on and off your camera literally with one hand so um, that's convenient it's real convenient I'll put a link to that if anyone's looking for a, a good camera strap another thing I used to use I don't use it so much anymore but it's a, a great um, it's actually a belt it's called a spider holster so it's actually a belt and just like a tripod has a mount that you screw into the body of your cam- bottom of your camera, and then you mount that, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of mounts that onto the stand. So the spider strap has a mount that screws into the bottom of the camera, and it actually then hangs in a holster that's on your oh, waist. Oh my goodness! And the it fastest is a, camera in absolutely. the Midwest. Yeah, it is a western style. Yeah. Can you like <laughs> flip it around your finger, you know, before you like holster it? You could, maybe. You could. Yeah. But I could see the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, like, right. Uh, uh, marquee image. There's a who's the eighth guy over there with, the <laughs> with camera. A camera. I thought it was just seven. But fastest uh, shutter in the Midwest. Right, right. So anyway, I I use that quite a bit, and it's a great option. Um, and it really literally hangs at your waist, and you can lock it in place. However, it's one of those things where you have to get mentally over. Mm. that you're no longer holding on to your camera. And it's, and it's hanging. hanging. Yeah, you know, and you're trusting this you're trusting belt. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it's a great tool, you know, from hands-free. You can work with models or, you know, if you're walking around doing street photography, you can drink a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not hanging. The camera's not hanging in front of you or around your neck. Um, but, uh, again, a great tool. It's a spider holster. Cool. I'll put the link below in the description. So that's all I got, Worthy Mentions. What about you? Anything? Yeah, I really haven't been messing with anything new or, or 
tinkering with any toys. I would, as you're talking, man, your gear, you know, and, and things like that. I, Oakley sunglasses are my favorite, man. Yeah. So I do got to put a little plug out there. My brother hooks me up and he works through Luxottica. So nice. I, it keeps me fresh on the glasses and um, my daughter, I got my daughter's pair out the other day, and I wear hers from time to time. It's because she doesn't really put them to good use, and sure. I don't trust her with them sometimes. So I yeah. had the frog skins out looking nice. good. So thanks, Oakley, for putting out good glasses and yeah. protecting my lenses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I might have to get, you know, get with you on that because yeah. my first really good pair, of what I call good pair, I spent, you know, 100 bucks on years mm. ago was a pair of Oakleys. And, man, I love those things. They it's nothing the like best. Having a good pair of glasses, man. Yeah. It's like one of those things that you don't understand it until you until you have a pair or you wear a pair for some time. Yeah. It just feels good. Yeah. And when I got them, you, know, you, you keep them in the case. That's another one of those risky things. <laughs> you know, just like a camera. You don't want to wear, wear the neck thing, you know. It's got the little tassels right. on it. That and you look cool. like a That's not cool. You, you want to put them on top of your head with your hat yeah. until somebody bumps into you and you drop them down. Some bleachers, like yes. several stories. Yeah. But yeah. Makes you think about it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I love Oakley. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool, all I got. Cool. That's all I got. Let's all get right. into the real meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. So music, you know, I know I've mentioned it through podcasts and just in conversation with people. Music's been a, uh, it's been in my life since childhood, since a very young age. It is something I still want to try to figure out how to work that in the mix, into my mix now with, you know, everything I'm kind of getting my, you know, keep my hands, hands in. Um, don't know what that looks like yet, but I thought you're a musician and I've had, you know, years of playing and years of influence and that is being creative. That is an artist. Mm. That is art. And I think it almost could be an art form that might reach more people than anything. Yeah. And, you know, something someone makes or a photo you know it's just even if you've never been what you feel a creative person or anything you know you've heard music music touched you touches you it reaches yeah. your soul right it soothes your soul so it's just a it's just a huge component every day in, in every every day of my life mm -hmm. so I thought we would you know kind of break it up and just talk you know and share a little bit about what it means to us and start with you know childhood you know what how did it start with you? What year did it start? Can you remember? As far back as I can remember, even in some of my photographs as a child, like I had a plastic guitar in my hand or some type of drumsticks or a mm -hmm. shaker. Um, yeah, so music was always a big influence in my life, mostly because like my mom was in the 80s, like, you know, big hair, yeah. uh, rock and roll. Uh, you know, chick. My dad was a DJ too in his time. Like that's how they met. Was that like a party thing? He's spinning music, doing the thing, and um, so it's always been a huge theme. To even I guess before I was even here, you know, it brought my parents together. Um, and yeah, Kiss was the first thing awesome. that I can remember actually like idolizing. Gene Simmons, baby. That yeah, was, I had uh, was it Kiss meets the Phantom? Yeah. It was like an old VHS movie. And uh, and I would just watch it un until the tape, you know, disintegrated essentially. Uh, and yeah, I would jump up and down on my guitar and rock out, right. and you know, that's that's where it all started for for me was Gene Simmons and, and Spitting Blast. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and then James Taylor too. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's what's cool about music, too, is you can go from Kiss to James uh, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, well, we get handed down, like, you know, what your parents were influenced by. Right. And uh, I guess the, the moods with music was what I remember connecting with, too, because, like, you know, Kiss was the weekend time I got to play and lounge around and hang out and rock out. But then James Taylor was like, when we got together and cleaned the house as a family, you know, so he's like different type of music had a mood. Sure. I guess that's really where I connected with uh, music at a young age was the things that we did with the music that we listened to. Cool, cool. Yeah, Yeah, for me, you know, my dad played music as a teenager. He was in a uh, rock and roll band. He was actually playing in bars at 15 back in oh wow back in those days. And just for the record, for the listeners, you know, Josh, you and I are 20 years apart. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's interesting how you know you said the 80s, and the 80s is my favorite era because that was my high school, that was my teenage years. So, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and really, I think there's a lot of just really cool artists and just styles that that the 80s kind of touched on. Now, you know, you could talk the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, et cetera. But let me reel back to when I was a kid. My dad, again, was playing rock and roll. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite stories he would tell me is he was playing bass in a bar and he decided to do something kind of cool. So he hooked a bunch of chords together. And it was just up here in uh, McGonagall. And I forget the name of the bar, but he was playing bass and hooked a bunch of chords together and walked across the street. Oh, my goodness. And, uh playing bass and walked into another restaurant across the street to, uh, as he was jamming. So, wow. uh, anyway, so he, he played music when he was a youth. And so when I was born, he had already kind of switched out of rock and roll and was playing bluegrass music and it started grew playing up. mandolin. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was taking me, mom and dad was taking me in the car every weekend to festivals and shows. So it started when I was a pup, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so, you know, I remember just kind of, you know, young, you know, first grade, second grader. You know, every weekend we it. traveled and wow. dad played music. And, you know, at the time, you know, I didn't appreciate it. And as I got older, I still didn't, didn't appreciate bluegrass music till much later in life. But, it, you know, the whole thing influenced me. I saw musicians. I saw stages. I saw people just having a great time performing and then, sharing you know, their souls, sharing man. their souls, yeah. and then that's that's when kind of air guitar, mm-hmm. and kind of I was rocking out in my bedroom on vinyl, um, you know. So I started having concerts and and you know kind of acting like I was playing, you know. It's about five or six years years old, you know. My dad began to kind of put instruments in my hands, so I had a fiddle, a banjo, a dobro, a guitar, um, a bass guitar in my hands you know, very, very young age. And yeah, I was I about seven or eight myself. Seven or eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really take to it. Yeah, you know, it's made noise. Uh, I was not that, uh, was it the, the protege or prodigy or whatever it is, someone that's that young just kind of picks up an instrument. But, um, you know, so I just kept playing air guitar in my room, Bob Seger, you know, um, my son and I was listening to some Fog Hat the other day, just some records that I used to just uh, jam on. And you mentioned Kiss, loved, loved, loved Kiss. And I went to Fillmore Elementary here on, Main Street in Hamilton, and I went there in sixth grade, and our teacher led us to a Kiss concert. Oh in my class. goodness! So we actually put classroom tables together, um, brought in black sheets, laid them over. We had one of our buddies get up underneath the tables with a little record player, 
And then we brought our rolls of aluminum foil in, and I was always Gene Simmons. She let us paint our faces. Wow. We aluminum foiled ourselves up and got on top of the tables in class, dude. This is... (laughs) That is the greatest teacher ever. It is. It is. She is the greatest teacher. uh, I mean, I'm smiling ear to ear (laughs) because it was just a great time. What a big memory. Wow. Um, You know, but... uh, So, early teens, you know, dad stuck a bass guitar in my hand Mm -hmm. and said you're going to learn to play lay down sally by eric clapton and uh you know kind of went from there and i eventually just switched over to guitar so Mm -hmm. i was 14 years old guitar became my instrument now i had played saxophone since fourth grade in school and carried that through and all the way through high school marching band and then i played percussion in marching band as well so well we have uh, a similar story then because i I started uh, fourth grade with violin mm -hmm. transferred to trumpet in fifth grade played trumpet until eighth grade baritone i went to like low brass because we needed low brass and then i went to percussion for high school marched marched drumline myself through nice. high school yeah, so yeah bounced around with that i totally forgot yeah i went and jumped straight to kiss i was like yeah i've been in band too huh I Absolutely. All about yeah. This. Yeah. so that's kind of you know up through uh, teenage years i mean there's so much i could talk about but that kind of probably you know, kind of lay down. Sally was the first one, huh? Lay down. Sally. That's a good song. And then moved into cocaine and just, um, the Eric Clapton live album mm-hmm. was just awesome. You know, so it was some good stuff there. Um, Aerosmith, you know, some other, other key live albums, you know, especially when I was playing air guitar in my bedroom, you know, you had to go grab all the live stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but, uh, so, you know, in the teenage years, what, what, uh, you know, what did you start doing with music then? So teenage years is when bass guitar got in, in, in you know, uh, introduced to my life. I actually traded uh, two old flutes that somebody had given me, right? Uh, they were like, oh, you, you like <clears throat> you like music? Here's there's these old flutes, and I didn't know what to do with them. And it's like, well, let's go to Buddy Rogers music yeah. down here in, on Hamilton on Route 4. Um, take these old flutes down there. They need to repad it, but they're like, we'll, we'll make you a deal. You know, we'll put you a down payment on this like base rig kit thing you get. So I did that, paid off my base rig and started learning everything from like a, just like Bush, you know, cause mm-hmm. like that nineties was where right. my, uh, mine was at that time. So like Nirvana and, and Bush and some Pearl Jam, and some Pearl Jam. Yeah. Just in the grunge. And I was, you know, an angsty teenager who wanted to be angry and didn't know a reason why, you know. Um, at that time, I lived out in Ross, so there also really wasn't a whole lot really going on besides just in my neighborhoods, skateboards and, and punk rock music. And I stuck out with bass for a while, um, but I've also had drums around, drums around me since I was a kid. Uh, my dad was a drummer uh, and, and fiddled around with guitar here and there, so... Uh, there was always something in the house, even if it wasn't, yeah. you know, like my instrument. There was, you know, like a set of drums or there was a guitar or it would it would exchange. Right. Um, and, yeah, my dad you know, always kept things like that in the house. The bass was the first thing I kicked off with, and we started a little band. Um, <laughs> it was like two bass players and a drummer. We were like, you know, we wanted to be edgy because we were like into this experimental punk rock music yeah. at that time, like Adam and his package. I don't know if you ever heard any of that stuff. But no, it was like I some really some far out punk rock stuff and we were like let's be cutting edge and we'll have two bass players and we'll play on a higher octave and one plays on a lower octave you know it was cool um that was like my first song i ever wrote uh kind of came out and had like this very inspiring vibe my mom was like super thrilled to hear the the words of it which made me feel good and 
Yeah, uh, I always I always was a very intuitive player, <clears throat> so I had a hard time connecting with other musicians sometimes because you know some guys are like by the book uh, and you know know all their scales and all, you know which right. was I've, I should know these things. I've been playing like my whole life, but I've always just been someone who plays by feeling and intuition. So um, started getting more into guitars, doing like finger picking melodic stuff like very meditative music until yeah um until i got a little bit older yeah I'm, i don't know these timeline things are hard for me to hold on sure, to yeah. but uh yeah um played in a couple little bands throughout high school that we thought we were cool in didn't really make anything of it you know didn't have any of those rock star moments that you see on like the movies and stuff, right. winning a talent show or anything like that. Actually, they didn't let us play in the talent show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember we did try out for the talent show, sure. yeah. and they wouldn't let us play. Uh, yeah. We were a little too much, I think, for them. But we had fun. Yeah, yeah. Teenage years was was cool. I know uh, the buddy, my buddies and I, we did the same thing. You know, we got we're gonna put a band together, mm-hmm. and you know, we'd go jam at you know somebody's house, and usually we went to the drummer's house because. You want to haul all that. You want to haul all that stuff. So, um, you know, it was kind of neat. You know, I think some of the highlights in my teenage high school years is our high school had a talent show every year. And they were pretty open book at the time. So, you know, we had uh, we had kind of an open door as long as it was, you know, um, nothing was explicit in lyrics or anything. They'd let us do anything. And, you know, I was kind of like you. I was... Uh, probably uh, an angry teenager and dealing, you know, some things from, you know, divorce and some other mm. things that kind of hit you and, uh, you know, had a chip on the shoulder and not that that necessarily means that's your music choice, but, um, you know, I was, you know, Ozzy, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, you know, some of those big production, Queensryche, mm-hmm. you know, bands that just come out, on, you know, live and just, you know, it was, it was, it was a production. Right? Yeah. Larger than life. Larger than thing. life kind of things, you know, so heavy metal became kind of my go-to genre for quite a while. And it was interesting because even on Sunday nights, I would lay on my bed, throw the headphones on, and I'd listen to smooth jazz. There was a smooth jazz radio station out of Dayton. Mm. So Sunday night from 9 to midnight, if I remember right, you know, it was smooth jazz. So I was, I was kind of starting to get an ear for jazz, you know, in high school, but pretty much rock and roll was what I always played. So, you know, in the talent show we did you know some judas priest some ozzy um we did a uh, yyz by rush and instrumental oh, wow that's cool um at one point um i actually one year i did a guitar solo at our talent show in, in school which was which was awesome so that was kind of my yeah you know, get on stage kind of moments and mm-hmm. so upon graduation i had um, a buddy of mine go to nashville you know my dream was to go to mit out in la and you know so when i told my parents you know, I think I decided what I want to do. I want to go out to MIT in Los Angeles and in Los Angeles and, and be a guitar player, become a better guitar player and be in a band. And and my dad was like, uh-uh, hmm. no. So he kind of cut that, cut that dream off. And, it, you know, it's probably a little bit of a, you know, a big, big, big dream. But that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to play music. I wanted to be a rock star. And um, so... You know, once that kind of got squashed, a uh, buddy of mine graduated and went to Nashville and, and became a studio engineer and for the last 20, 30 years has worked with, you know, all the big name artists and, you know, did well for himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always been cool to see him kind of move on. Had another buddy of mine that's in Louisville, Kentucky, who's getting ready to go to Nashville 
and do some recording. You know, so he kind of he kind of stuck in the music scene, you know, for the last thirty years as yeah. well. Um, so that's you know, there's all kinds of things in the teenage years, but that's probably some highlights of mine. Yeah, for some, and then also just have a friend to make it through, you know, because that that rock star dream is something a lot of people have you know whether or not they play an instrument or not right. you know and it it's that big far-fetched dream and to see somebody actually follow through yeah. and do it is is cool to yeah. experience we had another best friend of mine play guitar with us as well on the talent show and he went to nashville also and he was the touring guitarist for uh, sammy kershaw for quite a few years mm. so he's down there in the music scene yeah. you know, rocking it out so it's kind of cool but um so then adult life starts right yeah you know, we you know you like for me i hit that wall where it's like okay the dream of being a rock star i gotta put things in perspective yeah jobs you know, do i go to college <laughs> do i do this do i do that uh, for me i went in the air force you know right out of high school and uh, it was a great decision for me mm-hmm. uh, best decision i could have made for where i was at in my life and um but uh and then we kind of get moving like you said start working and and that does change it's hard to keep up with it sometimes right yeah uh so for me when i i always kept instruments around my for my own personal use and you know some of the old friends from high school would come around and we would have some beers and we'd jam for old times sake and do the old we should do this more often bit you know um, and then I, I did that for for a while, man, until about, I would say, 2011, I got bit by the music bug pretty heavily, um, and it was with a new style of music. I uh, had gone through a, a, a split up with um, my daughter's mother and was kind of just bouncing around, like, you know, having a child out of high school, 18 years old. Music went to the side, you know, fun and, and playtime. What you usually do in those those years, mm-hmm. I went straight to work in, you know, a full-time job as well as, you know, taking my daughter to daycare and my girlfriend to high school still and, you know, doing the thing. Um, so, yeah, we went through this breakup and I'm spinning out through life and um, getting invited to an open mic at an Applebee's that my mom okay. had worked at. And go there and like get up on stage and I played like some Dave Matthews like acoustic stuff and you know probably made a bit of a fool myself because we had been drinking pretty heavily but it was invigorating like sparked a a light inside of me right and I would go to this thing like every week and I would learn something new and bring other friends that I played with and um, one of the guys who hosted the open mic night had a band called Perfect Norm and they're like a, a jam band, you know, and this is my first, like, I had touched into the Grateful Dead here and there, I've heard it, Fish, I'd heard it, you know, and yeah, I get down, but I never really got like into it. And sure. I went and saw this band play live and it was just like, it was like the cartoons, you know, like where the guy's like at the bar and his foot starts tapping and he like looks at his foot and he's like, well, why is my foot tapping and then his shoulder starts bopping and he's like looking around you know like what's happening and this is I've never danced before right, right. but this music moved me mm-hmm. like I was I was getting down and I was like where are these dance moves coming from you know I'm like beside myself and uh yeah that was the beginning to the end honestly with me and okay. music and the last I guess my third we're in the third chapter of music in our lives but that took me, man. I, I started going to a lot more shows and branching out into like electronic 
dance music as well as what they call like uh, um, electronic jam kind of stuff, which is like a hybrid of the electronic aspect of, of rhythms and, you know, organic mm-hmm. instruments. Um, started, you know, n- not really playing music. I started promoting music and getting in with other bands and, and nice. bigger shows. Yeah. And I started, uh, you know, promoting for like uh, Next Era production, doing a lot of big uh, DJ stuff. Um, and then got into the music festival world um, where, you know, you there's so much music out there that we aren't really seeing, man. Right. And there's a whole underground mecca of the most amazingly talented people that nobody knows about. Right. And they go by the, the weirdest names like Twin Cats or, or like Dopapod or Papadocio. Like right. they, they sound just outlandish. Umphreys McGee, you know, Pink Talking Fish, like all these bands. You're like, what? You know, but if you listen to it, like uh, a live show, there's, it's music that's just, these guys have spent their whole lives dedicated to creating right. this music and making it so finely tuned and so perfect. And, so that's where I'm at now, man, is, is diving, I swim deep every day in my Spotify of like everything from, you know, finger picking banjo kids who are like 14 years yep, old, yep. you know, to, um, you know, electronic artists who are, who are playing with like music that is made by your thoughts. You know, yes. there's, there's some stuff out there that's just ungodly amazing. It is. Um, yeah. The, the, what we have at our fingertips to, you know, I didn't have that back in my day, but what was good that helped me diversify and learn about music is I started working for Camelot Music Store in Tri-County back in my early 20s. After I got out of the service, I moved back, you know, kind of back home. Mm-hmm. And the manager there, you know, through the month, he would receive demo CDs all the time, you know, and he'd just stack them up in his office. I mean, he'd receive hundreds of them. And what he would do instead of um, giving them out, you know, to, you know, the, the customers or putting them out in some display where customers, he would actually just collect them. And then he would divide up the stack between the employees. And so once a month, he would come up to you and he'd hand you, I mean, there sometimes could be 20, 30, sometimes 5, 10 CDs, and he'd hand them to you. And he didn't filter them. He just grabbed them and handed them to you. And, you know, people would be like, I, I want, you know, the dance stuff. How about this? And he said, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Here's, this is my way of sharing music with you. And I tell you what, it was awesome. Wow. I mean, it took me in so many different directions. Because I would. I'd sit down and I would, I would at least listen to every track. Give it a shot. At least a minute or two or the intro of a song. And it turned me on to so many different musics, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, music genres and styles and bands, you know. So I absolutely appreciate that little, you know, year or less that I worked there mm-hmm. and, and that influence it had on me to open up, you know, my mind and yeah. my eyes to what was out there, you know. So, you know, same thing, came back, you know, started working, you know, uh, got married, started a family and, you know, had the guitar, always had it, you know, usually there was a room somewhere that had my guitar sitting on a stand and I'd go sometimes weeks, months without picking it up. And it looks pretty though over there in the corner. It looks cool, right? <laughs> Everybody needs a guitar in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't do anything and, and I just always had dreamed of, you know, let's take it down a notch from rock star, but I'd always dreamed of being a part of something, being able to, to play out somewhere and feel good enough to put something together. And it wasn't until, 
you know, probably, you know, nine, ten years ago, um, you know, I was at uh, church one day and, and, you know, I was, you know, listening to the worship team and just kind of, you know, and I'm like, let's kind of just start praying about it. And, you know, long story short, I went out and bought an acoustic guitar. I'd all, I always just played electric and um, I decided to go ahead and write music and, you know, put a, an acoustic duo together started going out playing coffee shops and uh, Christian music festivals, ended up becoming a worship leader. And, and, um, and now I don't do that now, but it was the chance that it was my time that I could almost scratch it off the bucket list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't in front of tens of thousands of people, but it was a moment of my life that, you know, you know, I cherish because it allowed me to finally do that. You know, we even recorded a, a demo CD you know, with a local, you know, uh, studio engineer, had a studio in his, his basement, you know, nothing spectacular. But, yeah. You know, so there were some things that I was able to eventually accomplish that you I got wanted to. You got in the studio, to. you got on the stage. I got on the stage, you got wrote the... some original music. Yeah, and you did it all. Uh, enjoyed it. With right. a good cause, too, and a good Absolutely. heart. It yeah. sounds like, you know, you were inspired uh, by the love of God. And yeah. yeah. You followed all that, man. Yeah. That's great. So it was cool. So that's, um, you know, and then today I've, um, you're not doing that so much now. And, um, and, uh, and again, it brings me back around to, you know, how I'm trying to share myself self as an artist is, you know, and it may come back in the form of a MIDI controller, you know, because mm-hmm. I love just sit down and, and, you know, I've even thought even some of the videos that I do now or even what I might do in the future is maybe even writing some music to, to use for some B-roll. Yeah. You know, yeah. just, um, so I don't know what that looks like, but um, something will come of it. You know, and then, you know, I enjoy coming in here. We sit here in front of a stage, you know, every week. We podcast here in the Strauss Gallery, and, you know, uh, you never know. I might be out here on an open mic night one night just kind of playing around with it. So, yeah, let's do that. You yeah. know, I've mentioned that, that we are going to be starting that the second and fourth of Thursdays of the month at Art Space, doing like a creatives, right. uh, writers, photographers, painters, musicians, and, and just collaborating and, you know, check out this tip and trick and check out what I've been working on kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how it evolves, isn't it? You know, from Judas Priest in your bedroom air right. guitar <laughs> to uh, you on, on the stage at a Christian rock festival, you sure. know, doing your yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, music is, you know, one of those, one of those universal connections right. that humans have, man. I mean, it's the oldest expression we have is banging some sticks on some sticks, you know, and um, it's brought people together from that moment and and still is, you know, bridging gaps of of race and of of country and and everything um, to to unify over that feeling, that groove, that thing that snatches you up and makes you, you know, forget about what you're stressed about. Music has that, um, that power, you know, and it's... It's a gift, you know, to be able to hear it and to let alone be able to create it with other people. Right. Um, yeah, you know, going through our journeys, like now I'm, I'm putting together first, for the first time, actually, like a group of people that can play, I can play music with that, uh, that it feels like healthy. <laughs> right. You know, I've been in some groups where it's like, okay, are we getting together to play music? Or to party, you right. know, and it's right. like, you know, there's a time and a place, but, sure. um, for the, you know, I, I can't deny that right now I'm like, 
I wake up excited to just talk to them about the music that we've been building, and and uh, it's coming from a really good place of of heart centered music too, of creating uh, like an emotional connection and release of a like a journey, a, a song that doesn't just like you know tell you how to feel or even have words the to lead you into something, but to just like move you, you know, is yeah. where I'm going with what I'm creating. And you later. said before the podcast, you guys come up with a name, but I don't think you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can you release it yet, or is it still? I can. I can. It's cool because it's like you know speaking things into existence. You you know, here we are. Uh, The microphone's on, but I think we're going with ionic. Mm. So like an ionic bond. Yeah. Uh, You know, the releasing of positive and negative and coming together to unify. uh, You know, two compounds. Um, And that's you know we wanted something. We're we're being very intent intentful with with what we name and how we how we move together with our music um we want it to be an organic experience you know like we want to be able to perform like where you don't know who's going to start the show you know and who's going to step out and step in at certain times and, and allowing each person in our group to have like their own kind of uh you know their own holding space their own vibe to put out sure. um we want to start doing things like where where we watch like um a documentary on something that's really impactful to the world and then write a, and then like okay. write a awesome. song about yeah. that that's you cool. know uh exploring like what this music can do and where you can take it or where it can take you kind of thing ionic look, ionic. look for it look for it yeah, yeah look for it that's nice awesome little, yeah. Uh, you want to give a shout out on who you're playing yeah, with? Yeah, so um, Scott uh, Scott Hubbard from Almond Sisters down here okay. again, the, yeah. the amazing bakery of downtown Hamilton High Street. Been working a lot with my brother Scott. He's on the drums. And then Noel, uh, whose son just moved in here to Art Space. Uh, they found their way into here. They've been living in Hamilton for about a year now and um, moved him in and started hanging out and sharing some music. And she is a an amazing, talented violinist who's been playing everything from, you know, uh, concert style to improv, jazzy okay. stuff. And she, nice. she's like, you know, she's kind of like guiding a lot because she's got to play with a lot of different types of people and sees like what me and Scott have been working on and wants to kind of like, she's like that, that bonding yeah, unit yeah, that blue, I, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's been, it's been and it's been an amazing experience. Like I was focusing on my sculpture work when we when we had just like started getting this podcast going. That's still on the forefront of what I do. Mm-hmm. But right now, like music has my hundred percent attention, and that's great. I'm trying to like allow that to be okay, and not like not feel like I'm just jumping from one thing to yeah. another. But yeah. I feel like as um, seasons. Yeah, everything has a season, and, and don't deny yourself, you know, this a pool yeah. like that. Sure. You know, because sure. I can always, I can always, like, you know, push back in another direction. Like, that's, you have the freedom to do that as an artist or as a human, as long as you're giving yourself the time to, to do what you need to do, yeah. you know, express sure. yourself however you want to. Nice, so. yeah, absolutely. Rock on. Yeah, rock yeah. on. Look forward to hearing Ionic. Yes, yeah, yes. man, I'm, I'm getting excited. On stages near you. Yeah, right? we're polishing things up. <laughs> we we do want to start playing out. Um, we had a little gathering here last weekend, and we played our first, like, little 
set in like people could watch and, and hear what we have going on and several people recommended us for other little venues where they're nice. at okay um they say like we have like a, a the comet in north side they said that we have a really good vibe for something like that okay. so maybe cool. we'll try and get it yeah, out there cool well speaking of shout outs um um, how can people connect with you? People can connect with me through uh, either the Art Space Hamilton Lofts and Gallery page on Facebook, yep. my Art Space or the um, the Art of Joshua Morrow on Facebook as well, my Instagram Joshua underscore Morrow underscore. Um, yeah, you can reach. I mean, I'd put out my phone number on here if anybody actually called. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, call the book to get. Yeah, right? call the book to get. And you can reach out through ICC and probably yeah. get a hold of me. I sure. know the, I know the guys there behind the scenes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any way anybody wants to collaborate with either putting some music on our stage here at the Strauss Gallery. Uh, we've been working really hard with getting this equipment together. Brian, you've you've helped with uh, donating some nice little what we've been using for the drummer monitors yep. back there. Yeah. Um, you know, just coming together to create a space for for musical creation, for um, you know, artistic expression. Man, nice. that's what we're nice. here for. Cool, cool. Well, man, it was awesome talking to you. I'm going to wrap this episode 20 up. You can reach, or you can you know, kind of connect with me at. Brian Suman on Instagram. Actually, you know, I really want to push out there the Facebook group, the Imagine Capture Create mm-hmm. group. You know, uh, uh, ask to join. All you have to do is answer one question: What's your craft to get you in? Um, having a really good time, uh, you know, connecting with everybody there. Um, you can also reach us, you know, on Twitter and all the social media accounts. If you want to read some of my blogs, BrianSuman.com. Navigate to the blog page, and uh, you can kind of see all the thoughts I pen currently on a daily basis right yeah, so yeah for at least for 30 days at least for 30 days so but it's cool man i enjoyed it um music is uh, a heartbeat to so many people it's a heartbeat to us and uh, you know i challenge everybody just to get out there bring your imagination to life and like i say all the time do something you've never done before this week mm-hmm. and we're out yeah adios have a good day